definition of the global revolution. As always, we are the coolest guys around to bring it to you. All the wrestling which may be falling under your radar, and it's hard to do this week because wrestling is on everybody's radar. We are just past a big WrestleMania weekend. We got Walter taking over NXT, being amazing like we know he is, and now all y'all know it as well. We got all the right people winning at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston getting that title. Becky Lynch picking up that title. Even if it didn't quite go off the way it should have, from what I hear. I don't know. I didn't watch that match. But uh, we got a lot of great stuff going on because in addition to WWE, as I'm sure you know, if you're listening to this program, we had a whole host of independent shows over the weekend. Uh, we're going to be going back and uh, covering probably probably several of them as time goes by. We've got a Chikara one to cover. I know Stardom did a show. Maybe some uh, Orange Cassidy stuff we'll look at. Beyond Wrestling doing their first episode of their new weekly show. A lot of exciting stuff. But we, this week, are going to be talking about one of our absolute favorite promotions in the world. We're going to give you a double shot of WXW show from Frankfurt just before WrestleMania weekend. And then a very special America East Wunderbar show right from New York City. We're going to bring it all to you. I'm very excited. You should be too. And I am joined, of course, by a man who is wonderful and awesome, and he is called Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello, everybody out there in podcast and internet land. Jeff here, Ms. Fan there. If I'm coming off a little bit weird, I'm in the middle of some sort of weird cold, so I'm trying to fight that off so I can spend some time with my friend Ms. Fan here and talk to you, our lovely audience, about some uh, professional wrestling here on the Global Revolution. As Ms. Fan said, we just got finished with the WrestleMania weekend capped off, of course. IWWE's WrestleMania event, Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch, congratulations on their title victories. Definitely hard-earned, uh, well-deserved champions for the WWE. Uh, Walter as well, winning on a NXT TakeOver, becoming the new NXT UK champion, defeating uh, Pete Dunne, another big uh, up for one of our dudes, one of our favorite wrestlers here on the Global Revolution. Um, and yeah, we've got whole bunch of things we will be eventually talking about. I did manage to peep a few matches here or there. Uh, no complete shows outside of uh, WXW America ist wunderbar. Um, but I uh, did catch a few things, a couple of things from the uh, Chikara show, which uh, when we ever we get to that, ooh, I'm going to be really excited to talk about that. A couple of um, – oh, what else did I catch? Just, there was just a whole bunch of things happening <laughs> this past weekend. I'm glad I managed to catch at least a little bit of it, but um, we're going to be talking to you about – a lot of those things in the near future, but for tonight, it's WXW, it's VXV time. We've got, as Ms. Fan said, uh, 16 karat gold revenge from Frankfurt. We've also got um, America East Wunderbar itself with a couple of huge matches going on there. A lot of uh, interesting storyline stuff happening as well in WXW. So I'm amped, I'm pumped, I'm excited to talk about it. Ms. Fan, where do we begin? Uh, well, let's begin at the beginning, as we should. Let's go to Frankfurt. We do have the 16 uh, karat Gold Revenge Tour, and that means uh, going to get a few segments, probably a few promos, a little character stuff, plus some very good matches. So uh, we begin with the new director of sports, Karsten Beck, coming out, welcoming us to the show, but he's not alone for very long. He's confronted by none other than Absolute Andy. One of our absolute favorite guys, especially on the mic, in the ring as well, comes out, says, uh, what's all been happening? It's all a farce. 
he should still be champion. Karsten Beck says, well, you could have stayed champion maybe if you uh, put in the effort. And he uh, takes offense to this, points out that Karsten Beck is also fat, but Beck is retired, so he uh, doesn't need to stay fit anymore. Doesn't matter, Andy wants his rematch. He accuses Karsten Beck of trying to protect all the young whippersnappers in the roster, including that weakling, Bobby Guns. Bobby Guns shows up, says Absolute Andy is just whining. And says uh, his makeup is running from uh, all of his crying. But Andy is wearing sunglasses, he says. So you can't see my makeup. I just, I have to stop a minute just, and say how great that moment was. Just what a absolutely moment. tremendous. Bobby Guns uh, comes out and he's going to try to run his mouth. You know, oh, look, you're crying so much your makeup is running. And he's just, just Andy, like, drop of a hat, like, knows exactly what to say to come back. I'm wearing sunglasses. You can't see my makeup, kid. I it's so good. He's just so <laughs> high quality at what he does is absolute Andy. Genuinely, I think, one of the best all-around talents in the world of professional wrestling. And just so much fun on the microphone. Just an absolute treat. Uh, indeed. Uh, Bobby Guns and Andy go back and forth some more. Um, and I was a little... I had a little bit of a mixed feeling, because basically Bobby Guns, his main argument seems to be that Andy is a fat old woman, and uh, none of those three things are necessarily a bad thing, but uh, exactly. he is a dick still, so uh, we did actually ask for him to be more of a dick, so now he's, he's being a dick, so I guess maybe we can't complain about that. Um, what Bobby Guns can't complain about is that Andy flicks a booger at him, which triggers Bobby Guns to giving Andy a title match. Uh, so, yeah, we have our first match, and it is a title match, no less. Yes, indeed. Uh, Bobby Gunn showing a little bit more edge uh, in this promo. Wish he hadn't gone with some of the things he said, which is why uh, I was very impressed by Absolute Andy's sort of response during all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, maybe seeing a little bit more of an edge from Bobby now that he's the champion, which I think is always going to be <coughs> a more positive thing uh, for his character. Um, but that leads right into this, uh, essentially an actual farce of a match because, um, absolute Andy does not last very long during, during all this. He goes to attack, um, I think he goes to attack Karsten Beck, which causes the bell to ring. Um, the ref is preoccupied with, was it, it was either attack somebody, um, Bobby Guns goes to take advantage and has him in an arm bar. He's tapping out, but the referee can't see because he's dealing with something. Bobby Guns goes back to uh, try to get his attention. You know, like, hey, I just tapped him out. Absolute Andy goes to attempt a low blow on him, but uh, Bobby Guns moves out of the way right in front of the referee before he just kind of looks at Andy sourly before Andy gets locked into another swish arm bar and eventually taps out two Bobby Guns in what must have been the uh, quickest WXW uh, Unified World Wrestling Championship match ever, Absolute Andy. Unfortunately, coming up uh, very, very incredibly short in this match. Um, yeah, Bobby Guns retains, and Andy gets uh, a little bit more comeuppance for himself. Uh, so good job, Andy. Good on you, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a very, very quick match. Uh, but I, you know, it was, uh, definitely successful for what it was trying to be. And it certainly puts Andy out of the title picture so that guns will be able to, uh, move on to somebody else. Uh, after the match, Tommy, the ring announcer announces absolute Andy as the loser and the former WWXW champion kind of 
rubbing it in a little bit because Andy uh, has been a jerk to him, just like he's been a jerk to everyone. Andy uh, reacts badly to this, as you might expect, picks up Tommy like he's going to hit him with an F5. And Karsten Beck, still at ringside, says, you do this, you could be a, a great man or whatever you think you're going to be, but you're going to do it from home because you'll never be here again. And of all people, JFK come out and they talk absolute Andy down. Absolute Andy uh, does not uh, attack Tommy and get fired. He, he lets him go and, and they all head to the back. But man, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, weird that JFK is like the ones to come out and stop Absolute Andy. Um, and I don't know where this is going. Is this going to be an Absolute Andy versus like Karsten Beck match? Probably. That that seems like what it is to me, but I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. Potentially. I mean, I, I, I do kind of get the JFK thing just because they've been associated for at least a little bit of time the past few months. Maybe not necessarily best friends or anything. but yeah, They just don't uh, seem like the type to stick their neck out for anybody. You know, that's true. That's so. true. But uh, knowing JFK, maybe they've got plans to utilize um, uh, Absolute Andy for something or other to, you know, maybe get back into some title pictures or whatnot. Um Either way, I think it's a good little uh, friend group. I like seeing them all hang out, which we will see uh, more on this episode as well. And you know what? I just I, – I appreciate it. I dig it. It is kind of weird that they came out to stop him from F5-ing uh, Tommy. But you know what? If it, if it's more uh, stable setup, it's more uh, just kind of friendliness between these uh, three dudes, that's, that, that's kind of fine with me. Uh, yeah, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um we go, we watch, uh, I'll just put these two together. We see two little promos for uh, two new women who are going to be at least on this show, possibly in the company longer. Uh, we meet uh, Amale Winchester, who is French. She wants to be the best wrestler from France. And we meet Baby Allison, who is excited to be in WXW, except she's not very nice and she's a witch bitch. So uh, I... Uh, I didn't know quite what to make of these. I'm more just interested in seeing new talent, so I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk about this match when we get there because uh, my first impressions were not what ended up being my uh, lasting impressions, let's say. <laughs> like your impressions from the promo class? Yes, the impressions, impressions from the promo the, yes. that I got, and then the impressions from the match were two uh, very wholly different things. So I, we'll talk I think about that we, we may be on the same page here, but uh, before we get there, we do have one other backstage segment, or actually a parking lot segment, I guess. Uh, we have Maggot of the uh, Pretty Young Bastards. Okay, we got to be meets. Ilya Dragunov, he's excited to wrestle him on an even uh, more or less playing field. Who should drive up then? But Maggot's tag team partner, Prince Ahura, who uh, is here in a luxury car. He uh, chastises Maggot for taking the train. He says, now we're big time. We, we should be driving to the arena. You think Walter doesn't drive to the arena? Um he, uh, he then tells... I like uh, Maggot's... Uh, I just want to quickly say I love sure. Maggot's response. like, I live, like, right down the road. I just took the train. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh kind of uh, tells a guy to go park his car and then whispers, uh, and be careful because I have to return it tomorrow. So there. <laughs> now you know what Prince Ahura is about. Um, I like Prince Ahura, so I, I was fine with this segment. Yes, indeed. He, insult, he ends up insulting... Uh, Ilya dragging off a little bit before walking away, and Ilya is very upset, and Maggot is very much like, oh boy, this is gonna suck. Um, I, I enjoyed this segment a lot. I think it did a, a lot, brought a, a lot of fun characterization for the uh, pretty bastards sort of to the forefront. Maggot very much a 
mostly a no-nonsense kind of straightforward guy who genuinely seems to be excited to be in WXW and doing a lot of like cool wrestling stuff. And then there's Prince Uhura who shows up in a luxury car rental that he's got to return who just thinks he's absolutely like the marquee player, the absolute top guy in uh, in WXW from winning one match and getting a contract and just absolutely letting that uh, overtake him into celebrity status in his own mind. And it's just it, – it, it's really good. I really enjoy their kind of dynamic here. Um, and they will be taking on Avalanche and Ilya Dragunov uh, later in a tag team match. And, yeah, I've got some good thoughts on that too when we get there. Absolutely so. Uh, we do then go to that uh, tag match for the women that we sort of alluded to. It is Molly Winchester and Baby Allison making their debut, taking on the awesome team of you and Killer Kelly. Uh, and I've got to say, Baby Allison does not seem to be a very good professional wrestler. No. <laughs> it's like very, no. very odd, like very hesitant, it seemed. I don't know, maybe he needs uh, a couple more years experience or something. I don't know, but Amali Winchester, I thought, turned out uh, looking very good, and I actually would very much like to see a lot more of her, so hopefully yes. that is uh, the impression that WXW also gets off this match. Yes, indeed. Their promos, uh, Amal Winchester had a kind of generic, sort of just, you know, I want to be the best from France, I work out every day, I'm, you know, going to be bigger and stronger than some of these other wimpy girls and stuff like that, and it was, it was alright, it was kind of generic, not really particularly impressive. Whereas, <coughs> whereas Baby Allison had a way more uh, unique uh, promo and really had this really a great sort of just aesthetic, aesthetic and general look and attitude to her. Um, definitely came across, you know, the witch bitch. Um, she just had like a gimmick and a character that seemed like, okay, this might be someone I want to look out for. And then we get into the ring. And A, Amale Winchester is kind of awesome. For yeah. someone I don't know, and this might be a very uh, early match in her career, I have no idea how uh, long she's been at it, but she's very good. She's very impressive. I definitely want to see more of her. I think she's going to be a really good fit into uh, the WXW uh, women's roster because she's just she's really intense, really fast-paced, really knows what she's doing in there, really just gave a good impression in the ring. And Baby Allison did not. Baby Allison... Great look, great kind of gimmick, you know, but just, as uh, Ms. Finn said, very hesitant, very, uh, I don't know. She just didn't quite seem like she was prepared for what she was getting into in this match, which um, <coughs> really unfortunate, really kind of brought the match down at a few stages. I mean, she's in there with Killer Kelly and you, two uh, almost world-class uh, talents, um, teaming with Amal Winchester, who is uh, very good in her own right, and she was just... Very definitely the weak link was Baby Allison in this match, and it was uh, yeah, it just didn't it just didn't go the way uh, probably she probably would have wanted it. Just not a great not a great performance, not a great showing for her. But everybody else I thought did a really tremendous job in this match, especially Amal Winchester, who ends up picking up the victory for her team. Um, a, a bit of a surprise decision there, I thought, but uh, good on Amal Winchester for picking up the win, and hopefully we do get to see more of her in WXW. Yeah, absolutely so. Uh, pinning you here to get the win. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this, but you was putting on Twitter and such that apparently uh, not going to be able to wrestle in Germany anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's forever or oh, just for a while or I don't know. But that makes me very sad because I really like you. I like seeing you in WXW a lot. 
Well, the uh, if I recall correctly, someone apparently like stole her wallet while she was wrestling in Germany. Oh. Um, this happened a few weeks ago, so yeah, I, I figure that must be what part of that is. I don't know if there was anything else that particularly happened, but <coughs> yeah, it's uh, I didn't even know about this uh, not wrestling in Germany thing anymore. So that's very uh, disheartening and upsetting. But all the best to you, one of my favorite talents. Uh, that we've checked out recently. Uh, just a big fan of hers, so hopefully wherever she goes, she's going to see a lot of success. Um, hopefully at some point, I don't know how or when or why, but hopefully we will be able to get to see her again in a WXW ring, even if it's not any time recently. But otherwise, all the best to a really good talent in you. Uh, absolutely so. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, excited to see some of these women mix it up uh, maybe without... Uh, baby Allison involved, so we'll see. Uh, we go backstage. We have uh, JFK, who seems Jay Skillet has stolen Andy's sunglasses, which is another sign that they don't really like Andy that much. They're kind of making fun of him, so I'm still not sure why they saved him. Uh, Andy comes up uh, trying to be very cool and young and hip, and this I, it killed me because he's, like, complimenting Jay Skillet's sunglasses the whole time. He's like, man, those are great, and, like, he just doesn't get it. Skillet even tries to, like, give him the sunglasses at one point, and he's like, oh, no, then I'll have two pairs. Like, he just can't – he just doesn't get it. It's wonderful. He's so funny. I don't I, – I don't get it. He's so he's good. God, I love Andy. Absolutely. I really he's do. He's the best promo in the world. Um, Indeed. So there's that. Uh, he says the whole world's against him, but he stands for justice, uh, even though ring announcers making fun of him now. Um uh, Jay Skillet complains about Chris Brooks, calls him an emo boy, which uh, seems accurate, encourages Absolute Andy to take him out in New York uh, in the name of justice. And uh, Andy is definitely down with this idea. He's going to go off and he's going to do it. But at the end, I didn't quite know what to make of this, but Pete Bouncer is apparently just chilling in the bathroom and is thoughtful about this. And I don't honestly know why but and uh, neither do i i had okay. no idea what this was supposed to imply i don't know what this was supposed to mean but pete bouncer is just apparently being a pervert in the bathroom waiting for <laughs> listening to these three guys talk and then came out and was like uh-huh okay it was like uh all right i guess that's a uh, twist on the narrative i don't understand but okay but um yeah, otherwise, this promo was a lot of fun. Absolute Andy, once again, just tremendous on the microphone. Uh, both JFK members, uh, Skillet and Casman, were, I thought, uh, pretty fun here as well, especially Jay Skillet with the uh, with Andy's glasses interacting with him. Yeah, so it seems like, um, at least for a little bit, we might get a little bit more of this group um, trying to fight their way back to justice, all three of them having issues with the way WXW has been treating them recently. Um, when it comes to their uh, former championships that they've held. So we'll we'll see where this goes. I definitely feel like uh, uh, JFK is ultimately using Absolute Andy to get something. I don't quite know what, but it, they definitely feel like they're kind of latching on to him as opposed to uh, being an actual friend of his. But we'll, we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. I suppose we will. Uh, we see a promo from the work horseman. J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. And I gotta say, for a guy who wouldn't know the workhorseman from Adam before this promo, uh, I really enjoyed it. They talked about uh, debuting in WXW. They said, oh, we're real good at debuts. You know, we like debuting places. Uh, they, they talked a good game. They felt uh, a little bit old school, a little bit of a throwback. 
particularly like in, uh, I believe J.D. Drake is the rounder one. Um, and, yes, uh, and I will say off, during this, he came during this promo, well, I just, I thought. yes, indeed. I liked him a lot. Uh, Anthony Henry, um, he kind of existed. He was there. <laughs> um, <coughs> J.D. Drake was definitely good on the microphone. I will say, for whatever reason, I had their names completely backwards during this promo. I totally thought okay, yeah. Anthony Henry I was the round I mixed that up one. too at first, so I don't know why. I don't know. He looks more like an Anthony Henry, and the other really guy looks more does. like a J.D. Drake. But um, either way, uh, the actual J.D. Drake, the round man who is very good at a lot of things. We'll talk about this oh, when yeah. we talk about uh, America is Wunderbar. Um, he cut a good promo here. Like I said, I, I really dug the, the we really love debuts aspect of this stuff. Talking about, you know, when they make debuts, like big things happen. I thought that was a cool uh, aspect of their character that they brought up. Um, yeah, J.D. Drake was really good here. Anthony Henry is a person that uh, lives and exists and was here in this promo as well. Um, but yeah, they got me kind of excited for this uh, their upcoming match against Aussie Open slash Schadenfreude at uh, America is Wunderbar. So they did their job, and they did a pretty good job of it as well. Absolutely. Uh, we move right along. We get uh, our next match, and I got to say, one of my favorites, probably uh, certainly of this show, maybe on the whole thing, it is Yarn Simmons taking on Shigehiro Irie. Um, and you know, man, people are hyped about Irie, uh, and I get that. But man, Yarn Simmons, man, he is my guy. Like I, I don't know why I didn't like him at first, but uh, ever since he came back, man, he's been one of the top stars in WXW to me. Uh, Irie gets the win, which is very predictable, going to uh, a title match with Bobby Guns. But to me, this was Shigeru Irie's best match in WXW so far. And a lot of that was down to just Yuren Simmons being freaking awesome. Indeed. I think he had a much uh, better chemistry here with uh, Yuren Simmons mm-hmm. than he has with uh, pretty much anybody else he's wrestled in uh, WXW, which I think speaks to the skill and talent of a man like massive Yuren Simmons. Um, <clears throat> really good, uh, sort of brutal, just slugfest here between two bigger dudes. Um, Yarn Simmons being awesome as always, really getting a solid match out of a uh, Shigehiro Irie here. In the end, Irie does pick up the victory, but he's got to go through a lot of hurdles and got to bring a lot of pain to Yarn Simmons before he gets there. And it was a uh, a very good, impressive match from both guys. Really loved it. Uh, great performances here. Uh, yeah, absolutely so. So very, very good stuff. Um, we see a video of Avalanche. Talks about uh, his history at WXW. He was kind of afraid to be his own man for a long time. He's in a lot of groups, a lot of teams, but now he's not. He loves wrestling. He loves WXW. He calls out Emil Satoshi for being a big old sourpuss, basically. So, uh, so yeah, we got that feud coming on the horizon, to be sure. I very much liked how he basically said, you left me so you could become a nihilist and attack Julian Pace. What the hell, dude? That what? makes sense. It's fucking stupid, and I'm going to beat your ass. It was good. It was great. Really like Avalanche. Really like uh, more fleshing out of his character. Um, eventually, when he and Emil Satoshi get in the ring, it's going to be a good time, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, we move right along. To uh, our tag team match that was previously discussed, it is Ilya, Dragunov, and Avalanche taking on those pretty young masters, Prince Ahura and Maggot. And uh, I gotta say, I do like the pretty young bastards, um, but I I did find it hard to buy them 
as being really competitive with Ilya and Avalanche, just from every way they've been presented, from how kind of the build-up to this match was done. Um, maybe I'm just sour because I still think the Arrows of Hungary would have just killed it in this spot in a way that uh, Uhura and Maggot really weren't quite capable of. Um, still, this is a good match. I'm not too down on it. Um, it seems even like the Pretty Ambassadors are about to win, but then they kind of like have a really bad miscommunication and they lose their chance. Uh, Avalanche gets the winning pin. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like it was definitely a good match, but a little bit mixed feelings on it overall. Um, I, I, I feel like we both enjoyed this match, but I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. Um, I didn't really have any particular issues when, with this match. I really loved how essentially it came across where if, especially Prince Ahura, if he proceeded to, piss off either Ilya or Avalanche. He basically got his ass handed to him, chopped, slammed, thrown down. Um, they'd occasionally get some uh, good stuff in, but it was only when they really worked as a team, uh, the Pretty Bastards did, Ahura and Maggot, that they really managed to kind of even the playing field for themselves. Um, anytime they sort of did anything individually, um, they could hold their own for a little bit, but a lot of times they'd end up just upsetting uh, two men you don't want to upset in uh, Ilya Dragunov and Avalanche, and then would proceed to get hurt, proceed to get battered, and get bruised up. But when they were doing things together as an actual team, that's when they sort of managed to hold their own and look pretty impressive. I thought both teams did a really good job. You know Ilya's going to come in there and give potential match-of-the-year performances by himself in every match he has, basically. Um Avalanche, a very good tag wrestler, one of my favorite guys within that sort of a grouping. I think he's really good. Um, I'm a lot higher on the... Uh, I've been really impressed with the uh, Pretty Bastards these last two matches. They're not quite not quite the Arrows of Hungary, maybe not quite one of my favorite tag teams, but I think they're very good. I think they're very entertaining, enjoyable dudes who do a really good job in the ring. Um, really enjoyed this match. Uh, probably one of my favorites, maybe my overall favorite from this show in particular, Actually, just a oh, really wow. good, solid. Uh, I thought it was a fun tag team match. Um, the uh, the pretty bastards were apparently uh, very much over in Frankfurt. Everybody seemed to be chanting for them. Uh, unfortunately, that does not translate into a victory, as uh, Ms. Fan said. Uh, had a communication error and ended up paying the price for it as the former Cerberus duo in uh, Ilya and Avalanche pick up the victory here. Good match. Really enjoyed it. Definitely want to shout this one out. Give it a look-see, especially if you like uh, Ilya or Avalanche. I thought they did a great job in this match. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. It definitely was not my favorite of the night, um, but it was one of the better matches on the card, so I'll uh, give it to you as far as that goes. Um, move right along. Ilya Dragunov now backstage meets up with Marius Alani. Ilya kind of gets in his head, says, oh, I hope you're ready to defend your shotgun titles, open challenge, I sure hope nobody comes out and messes up your title reign like uh, you did to me back at uh, whatever the hell that event was called. Back to, back the, to roots. the roots. So, yeah, there you go. So so Ilya and Marius, yeah, apparently going to be having an issue. I'm down with that. That's, that's good continuity. It's two really great wrestlers. They're going to have a, a great, great match uh, whenever yeah. that happens. Yeah, I kind of liked Ilya picking his spot here. You know, he didn't immediately go right back after Marius after all that, but he, he waited enough time so that he could uh, kind of focus on 16 carat. Now that that's over with, now we can finally pick up that issue again with Marius, and I really just love that sort of, oh, yeah, 
Um, I really hope nothing happens in this match. Ooh, that would really suck, wouldn't it? If somebody came out there and, like, screwed you over? Oh, that would be really bad. It would be really, really bad, wouldn't it? Um, something about that was... Ilya's very fun, but also very intense here, as usual. It was a very uh, interesting dichotomy he had at play. Very good stuff. Uh, Marius also saying a few words here. He's the body, as usual. But, um, yeah, we're going to see about a little bit more of this uh, a little bit later in the show as well. So, looking forward to that. Absolutely so. Uh, we have the match itself. Marius Alini coming out, doing that open challenge. Talking about he's the body. Talking about how what a great champion he is. Uh, when suddenly... Emil Satoshi appears out of nowhere, just coming out of the crowd, attacking Marius, but then also Julian Pace running out from the back to join the fray at the same time. So now we have a triple threat match, impromptu of sorts. Um, uh, yeah, particularly, uh, I just want to quickly make the mention that this was set up by Marius basically going, you know, I'm the greatest uh, shotgun champion of all time, and I need a real challenge on some of these wimpy guys coming out here. So I don't care if it's one guy, two guys, three guys, ten guys. Uh, anybody who wants a shot could come out here. Sure enough, that led to both uh, Emil Satoshi and Julian Pace sort of answering the challenge in their own ways and setting up this uh, very fun triple threat match. Uh, yes, um, good point. And uh, I got to say, I thought the match was pretty good for uh, all that. It was uh, three talented guys doing their thing. Emil Satoshi uh, really just winning me over more and more week over week. I always liked him, liking him more and more. Uh, very damn smooth in this match. Also, uh, apparently, uh, enjoying being in the ankle lock by Marius Alani, which is uh, in line, I guess, with uh, some of the stuff that he's been talking about, where he's just trying mm-hmm. to feel something. Um, and surprisingly to me, very surprisingly, Satoshi actually wins the shotgun title uh, when he pins Julian Pace. So, yeah, Mil Satoshi, your new shotgun champion. I, I really didn't see that coming. Neither did I, but I think it's a pretty uh, good result, unfortunately, for Marius Alani. He doesn't quite get to the uh, number one uh, longest reigning shotgun champion uh, mark. Um, but he had a very solid reign, a very good reign. Um, really just a, just a great wrestler, and he showed off it. In this match as well, both Julian Pace and Emil Satoshi also in here, and those guys are also very good. Emil, I don't know what it is, but maybe if it's this new gimmick he's got going, I don't know if he spent a lot of time like training or something, but yeah, he's come back, and I, I liked him before, but I-, I don't know, it feels like he's kind of taken a step up or two uh, since he has returned. We've only seen him a few times, but something about his execution, something about his character work. Um, it, it's really turned him from just sort of like a guy who existed, a kind of prolific dude, a guy who's just kind of there a lot of the time doing stuff, to really an impressive talent who you have to be on the lookout for. I liked him before, but now I'm really starting to get behind uh, Emil Satoji as a big-time player in WXW. So he picks up the shotgun championship here, really like that decision. Uh want to see where he goes with the title. This should be a good reign for him. Uh, should be a very good rain. Yeah, he's got a lot to kind of go with right now. So, very good stuff. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. We've got after this. Yeah, we do find out Ilya and Marius are going to be wrestling indeed at True Colors, which is, I believe, their next uh, German event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, again, going to be a very good match, I think. Indeed, indeed. Um, that should be a really a, a barn burner potential uh 
uh, match of the night, potential match of the year candidate, depending on what they do. Um, hopefully it sets up maybe a longer feud because uh, I really like Marius Alani. I love Ilya Dragunov, and the two of them uh, having a maybe elongated a uh, series of matches it sounds like a something right up my alley. So hopefully that's what we get. Uh, for sure, uh, we move right on to what is my uh, definite, absolute pick for match of the night, um, and maybe the best match, or at least my favorite match. They were going to talk about on this whole show, and that is uh, David Starr taking on Veit Mueller, the man whose moment he stepped all over when he uh, stepped up to challenge Walter, a man who is losing himself, losing his uh, mind a little bit uh, with this uh, Walter situation. Um, yeah, you've got David Starr, who is genuinely one of the best wrestlers in the world. You've got Veit Mueller, who, I don't know if you know this, but is very... Very good. Uh, and they I definitely say one awesome, of the best uh, young talents in the world right now is uh, Veit Muller, for sure. I would honestly agree, yeah. One of the best discoveries of 2019, certainly. Um, yeah, they, they have this awesome match that is very smart, character-driven. It's very hard-hitting. Uh, just this really fantastic bout. And uh, I, I sort of thought this might happen, but I was still shocked. Veit Muller actually gets the win here. Over David Starr. So, man, th this was awesome. This was my favorite match of the night. I thought it was spectacular. Absolutely impressive performance from Weitmuller. Again, another dude who just had another barn burner of a match. Really having a banner 2019 so far for him. Um, David Starr, great as always. And I really could just kind of like um, how everything sort of turned on its head for him. We've talked a long time about how David Starr has been one of our favorite faces in WXW, and his face run in WXW is arguably, I think, uh, the best David Starr has ever been. Oh, yes. um, he works heel on a lot of places, but his face as sort of the underdog, you know, perennial, kind of hard-fighting, hard-hitting, but constantly, like, especially in comparison to Walter, kind of underdog character, has always just been really engaging, really fun, uh, makes for a lot of good matches. Um, really, it's been his best performances I think, ever in his career. But things are starting to take a little bit of a darker turn for him, especially after he makes Walter tap out, but does not beat him at 16 karat gold. Um, now things are starting to unravel as he kind of loses himself um, to this fact. Um, and he's got to take on Weitmuller here, a dude who's in a stable with Walter, dude who kind of looks up to Walter, um, at least to the ring cop, you know, motto and mantra and the belief system that they hold. Um, really just a very interesting clash of characters and storyline stuff. Um, and ultimately, Weitmuller, with a, another impressive, amazing performance, picks up the victory against David Starr. A hard-hitting slugfest of a match. Really smartly worked. Ooh, excuse me. Goodness. Um... Just really well put together, well worked. Uh, Weitmuller, a absolute star in the making. Uh, big victory for him. Uh, him and Julian Pace, I think, are going to have some pretty impressive 2019s when all is said and done. These are two young dudes who I like a lot in particular here in WXW. Um, and Weitmuller is very much already on the way to becoming a very big deal in the company, which I always love seeing when it comes to uh, watching companies and kind of seeing their guys and seeing their young talent rise up. Um, yeah, this was a great match, a fantastic match. Uh, 
good good work for Vite Miller picking up the victory and unfortunately another uh, kind of step down the staircase for uh for David Starr just kind of f- falling further and further into some sort of despair over where his career is uh, going in WXW and we're going to talk a lot more about that on America is Wunderbar when we cover that but oh, yeah. yeah not uh, not going super well for him despite his efforts poor guy poor guy we go to Vite Mueller backstage he talks about how he respects everyone doesn't have a problem with anyone he's different than he used to be now he's just concerned about making Ring Comp proud and winning um and one of the lines that he, uh, was, sorry, go ahead. One of the lines he said here that really actually uh, caught me was that he was um, he was more concerned, he said, about competing rather than performing, which I th- I think really stuck with me. Overall, the promo was um, I don't know, uh, Weitmuller definitely not a uh, he does not seem like a dude who needs to be cutting a whole lot of promos. He's a very much a I don't know. He came off as kind of. He's just kind of a dude, you know? He exists. He's here to wrestle. He's here to do some cool stuff. He's got a good look. Um, he wrestles, and that, that that's really all he kind of needs. Like, he gets up here, and he just kind of talks about, yeah, I, I, I'm here making, trying to do ring conf proud, trying to impress all these dudes. Wasn't some sort of earth-shattering, uh, you know, absolute Andy or Ilya Dragunov-esque, you know, like, tremendous promo, but I don't know. It, it, he kind of had a charm to it of him kind of, uh, kind of stumbling over his words, pausing a few times. I don't know. It just it, it kind of felt right. Like this is not a guy who's here to cut a whole bunch of promos and talk about how good he is. He's just he's here to wrestle. That's who Fight Miller is, and that's what he wants to do. So, yeah, it's kind of what he said. And yeah, this promo happened, and uh, good on Fight for picking up that victory. And yeah, yep, good on him. Um, we're still backstage. We see David Starr. He's looking very upset. Someone, and I swear to God, I could not figure out who this was, because I have never seen him look like this. I don't know what was going on, but it's Lucky Kid, apparently. Um, I, I also want to say this actually happened a few months back during the uh, Marius Alani Tarkan Aslan feud. I don't remember who he spoke to uh, when this happened, but Lucky Kid apparently showed up during somebody's promo who was talking to Marius and was like, hey, dude, don't talk to that guy. He's not good. And I swear to God, I couldn't figure out it was Lucky Kid for the longest time during this thing. Because <laughs> when he is not wrestling, Lucky Kid does not look like Lucky Kid. I don't know how to otherwise describe it. He just he does not look the same when he is in the ring as compared to when he is out of the ring. So, yeah, I definitely get this. He had okay. his hair like... All right. I'm glad it wasn't just me. It was really weird. Um, but he's here with David Starr. Oh, he's trying to be nice. He's trying to cheer him up. He's saying, oh, well, you know... You... Don't, don't worry so much about beating Walter. I beat Walter, so you can beat Walter too. And this just sets David Starr completely off the wrong the thing end. to say, very oh, much. Oh, very much so. He flipped out, um, promises he was going to beat the hell out of Lucky Kid in uh, in New York. So, so yeah, now we got a little more uh, uh, shine behind that match and uh, got me even more excited for it going into it. The big thing that I really took away, the line that uh, really stuck with me was uh, when he was talking about, you know, oh, yeah, I bet you're so happy. Oh, boy, I get to go to New York and take on David Starr, the 16-karat gold winner, lucky kid, gets to fight David Starr. And congratulations on that. You won the thing that I was supposed to win. That's the, the thing that the detail that stuck out to me. David Starr was so convinced 
that he was going to not only defeat Walter, but ultimately walk away with 16 karat gold um, championships, 16 karat gold trophy. He was so convinced that, you know, he has to now take on Lucky Kid and Lucky, you know, fairly a, a fairly happy-go-lucky dude, kind of excited to be doing wrestling things. You know, he's kind of this uh, very almost bubbly, kind of weird personality in the ring. Um and he seemed very positive, very upbeat. He just kind of wanted to make uh, uh, David Starr happy. You know, things have been going well for him, and he kind of wants to spread that. And David Starr was not having it. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that he views Lucky as not just, you know, he, Lucky has done the two things he really wanted to do that weekend. Beats Walter, wins 16 karat gold, and David Starr sees him as essentially having taken his spot is having done the things that were meant for David Starr to do, and he cannot handle that, he cannot accept that, and that's really what came to the surface here in this promo. Really good stuff, really amped up for their match at America is Wunderbar. Yeah, yeah, he's looking very, very appealing at this point. We do have our main event in Frankfurt, which is uh, the team of Rise, Lucky Kid, Pete Bouncer, and Ivan Kiev, taking on the team of Schadenfreude, which is Mark Davis, Chris Brooks, and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, and this match was, well, it was very story-driven, very character-driven, kind of at the expense of the action, I thought, uh, which isn't necessarily bad. I think they maybe could have found a bit of a better balance, but uh, basically the story is Lucky Kid is really stuck in the middle here. He doesn't want to fight Schadenfreude, but he doesn't want to let down his rise friends either. Um... And as I watched this match, I kind of got one over on this story somewhat. And uh, it's one thing in particular. And I kind of wish they'd talk about it more because I think it would make it easier for me, people like me, to accept this story. Because at first I was very much like, oh, lucky kid, man. You just, like, fought so hard for Rise. You did all this stuff. And it was, like, your main priority. And then these guys come up and, like, we don't really know them. And it's, like, something another promotion. And we're not invested in it, you know, because we're not watching every UK promotion that you might be going to. Um, well, what kind of made this work for me is I think back just a little bit and Lucky Kid just went through this really traumatic experience with Tarkin Aslan where he had a guy he thought was his best friend and basically uh, he lost his friend. He lost him in a really difficult, uh, painful way. So now, of course, he doesn't want to lose any friends and whether it's kind of been established in WXW or not, by what they've shown us, he definitely is friends with these guys. We know he is, so he doesn't want to lose them. He doesn't want to lose anybody right now, so he's really stuck in the middle um, and really making everyone unhappy with him. Schadenfreude uh, goes after him at one point. Rise uh, at one point like won't tag him uh, out of the match. They're like you, you need to like commit and wrestle. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of story stuff going on. And it was maybe even a little too much because it went on for a long time. But still, I'm, I'm digging this story uh, even more now that I've thought about it some. And uh, there's some good stuff that's going to come out of this. See, now that you've said that, I think that really paints a whole different light on basically everything when it right. comes to Lucky Kid's involvement here. He did just lose the dude he called his brother. <coughs> a dude who was very much his man. Like, his buddy is... His, uh, his friend for life and Tarkin Aslan betrayed him and, you know, showed his true colors. And because of that, you know, that means Lucky is down one really good friend. 
and kind of knowing the way Lucky is, you know, he doesn't want to lose any more friends. I think that was a really good observation by you there. So that's kind of why he's stuck in the middle here is that he doesn't want to lose anybody. He doesn't want to upset anybody. He doesn't want to potentially cause anybody to turn on him again. Um, and, you know, have to relive that trauma, that, you know, horrible situation. Unfortunately, in his efforts to do so, he's only made everybody even more upset with him. Um, to the point where Schadenfreude was definitely, um, they were essentially at some points even picking on uh, Lucky Kid for this. At one point, yeah. I think there was, there was this great moment where it's like Chris Brooks and Lucky Kid in the ring. Lucky Kid's like down on his knees. And Chris Brooks is basically yelling at him to pick a side, and Lucky is screaming back, I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to do this. Um, and and that, that I thought was a really great moment. I think that really just kind of speaks to um, kind of Lucky's character and what he's going through here. Um, I was actually enjoying a whole lot of this stuff. I thought it was very good. Um, I was really enjoying this. The thing that kind of threw me off kind of uh, put everything into a, a weird spot and was really the thing that I think kind of tipped it over into being a bit much was the uh, the sensible but weird involvement of JFK and Absolute Andy right towards the end. I think that the, that was the thing that um, kind of took this match from being like, you know, good character-driven, uh, straightforward stuff into being a bit much was uh, towards the end of this match, I guess, to get a jump on Schadenfreude and Rise, I guess, um, Absolute Andy and JFK come out and interfere with this match. No disqualifications are called or anything. They just kind of show up and everybody starts fighting. Um, I don't even know if they did anything of, of note, did uh, Andy or JFK. They just kind of brawl with everybody. Eventually, uh, I don't remember if it was Davis or uh, Fletcher who got back in the ring, but eventually uh, Pete Bouncer takes advantage of the situation, hits a double-arm DDT, and picks up the pinfall victory for rise um it was a uh, i thought it was a good match but definitely a uh, very character heavy very uh storyline driven um and i did think the action uh suffered a little bit from it maybe not quite as much as a uh, you thought uh mostly because i'm a big ivan kiev fan and when he was in there doing his <laughs> thing he had a great um exchange i thought with uh, chris brooks at one point uh, which was just just a really fun time a big uh, as anybody who listens to me talk about WXW knows, I've become a big uh, Kiev fan, so anytime he gets to kind of show off in the ring, I'm, I'm very happy. So did that a little bit here. This was good, but um, to me, the aftermatch stuff was also uh, really good as well. Um, Pete Bouncer picks up the victory for his team, and he walks you know, up the ramp. Um, Ivan Kiev eventually joins him, but Lucky Kid, instead of walking around the side of the ring, actually walks through the ring, having to deal with schadenfreude, who are once again kind of picking on him, kind of pushing him, kind of yelling at him, who are very unhappy with what uh, Lucky Kid has been doing. But uh, after, you know, getting kind of kicked around in this match, especially towards the end when uh, Schadenfreude, I think, kind of showed their true colors a little bit, uh, Lucky Kid was not having this, kind of ignored them, and ended up joining his boys in Rise on the ramp. Um, specifically, like, he joins them and he kind of rests his head on Pete Bouncer, and while well, Ivan Kiev kind of like, you know, Claps him on the back, claps him on the neck. Um, yeah, it, it definitely seems that, at least for right now, his uh, solid allegiance is with Rise. And even though this makes him unhappy, I think he, at least for right now, is kind of understanding 
um, who's kind of got his back, who's kind of there for him, who kind of wants to actually support him for, um, you know, just kind of support him as opposed to maybe using or abusing him the way Schadenfreude definitely seems to kind of want to do, at least in WXW. So, um, solid main event. Uh, definitely could have been a, a little bit more improved on the action side, but overall I had a very good experience with it. Uh, yeah, I, it just, um, the match is like 20 minutes long. I, like 10 minutes of it, 10 minutes of it is like you can't like not knowing what to do. So, uh, I get it. Yelling it at effective. everyone to please stop punching each other, basically. Yeah, it was, it's like, it's what I always go back to. Um, you're a wrestler. You're going to have to wrestle people. Sometimes you may even like these people, but guess what? It's your job to wrestle them. Like, you don't have to go and try to kill them. You know, you don't have to throw them through a flaming chair off the top of a ladder with a table. You, you know, you're just wrestling them. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I like I said, I liked it better when I kind of thought about it. And I framed it with the Tarkin Aslan thing. But I shouldn't be the one doing that. Like, they should be doing that for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I felt like I had to do kind of some extra work to make this match work the way it was supposed to. So it's still a good match. It is. Um, but, yeah, just uh, could have been better maybe. Could have been balanced a little more. Uh, like you, I did really like the post-match stuff, so, though, so credit for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that takes us to America East Wunderbar. On uh, April 4th, just last Thursday, you can watch it on uh, Fight TV, and, uh, you know, maybe you should do that, because there's a lot of fun stuff on this show. Uh, I do want to say, first off, super, super glad that they brought over uh, Jeremy Graves to do commentary. Uh, I didn't recognize the other guy, but clearly was also a WXW guy, Sebastian something. Um, very Sebastian, oh they did not just like, slap the, yeah. on some random commentary team who was in the area um it meant a lot to me to have like real wxw commentary for this show apparently the other dude is a sebastian hall michael who is i think uh sort of a, a backstage worker as well as the i think primary german commentator for okay the- i wondered yeah See, he had a bit of a thicker accent but uh, he did a very good job too i, I had no problem with him indeed I really like Jeremy Graves. I just do. So, so it's very good stuff. Jeremy Graves has a very good voice for uh, commentary. It's yeah, uh, accented, yeah. but it's like very soothing, but also like energetic and exciting. He's good. I like Jeremy Graves. A lot. I like him quite a bit. He's a good choice to bring over. Uh, we have our first match on this card, which is uh, the Crown reuniting Jern Simmons and my favorite, quote unquote, Alexander James, who uh, is in the class of wrestlers who certainly exist. For me, I know you like him a little bit better. Uh, they're taking on LAX, which is Ortiz and Santana. I will say I am pleased that LAX, uh, clearly this version is not really committed to the whole, like, gangbanger criminal thing. Like, they're just two, like, Hispanic guys who like to do a lot of fast-paced wrestling, which is which is fine. Um, I'm less pleased that they're in there doing a bunch of, like, suck-it taunts because that's just... Not for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a decent match. Uh, it didn't really necessarily wow me. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. And LAX, uh, they do get the win, as you might expect from looking at this card. Yeah, they, this this was a fine match. Definitely not my favorite on the card. But um, I, I like LAX. I like uh, Yaron Simmons a lot. I kind of like Alexander James sometimes. I'm not his... Uh, <laughs> 
not his biggest supporter, but I definitely feel like I, uh, I find more things to enjoy about him than maybe others do, especially Miz fans. So, um, I thought he was fine in this match, but, um, really I thought LAX, um, on fire pretty much throughout this whole thing. And they end up picking up the victory as they, uh, probably should. I'm, I'm still, um, I don't want to forget the fact that, uh, the last time we saw the crown, they kind of not necessarily broke up, but uh, Jürgen Simmons definitely uh, pushed away Alexander James, and uh, Alexander James ran back to America to uh, to, to cool off. So uh, we'll <laughs> see how I that relationship. The only reason he was booked here because he was conveniently already in America. So that's true. That's true. That's so, the only yeah. reason I can think of for booking Alexander James. Um, so we'll uh, <laughs> see how that relationship uh, unfolds, especially after a loss here for the crown. You know, I like this next match, but I'm now thinking about a Yearn Simmons versus Darby Allen match, and I think that actually would have been amazing, so I'm a little sad. Now that I've thought of that, that we don't get that. Um, no. But we do get Darby Allen versus Avalanche, which is also really cool. I gotta say, in a, a short amount of time, after only seeing like a small handful of matches, I've really come to like Darby Allen an, an awful lot. I would like to see a lot more of Darby Allen, so, uh,. Hopefully he sticks around, keeps doing cool things, doesn't uh, maybe disappear into the NXT machine or anything. Uh, that's my personal preference, so uh, no offense to the uh, NXT fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a very fun match. Uh, I honestly would have liked it to go quite a bit longer, probably, because I thought it this, ended... Uh, this probably could have used at least another five to seven minutes, maybe more. Maybe uh, more, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Because I think uh, what they showed was definitely like the first two or three gears um, of pretty fun, exciting stuff. And uh, I really think these two could have had a a barn burner, potentially low-key match of the night, match of the show contender had they been given that. Because um, I I think they had a good dichotomy, you know, big avalanche throwing around Darby Allin, who definitely – the one thing I've noticed about Darby Allin, other than being a very unique talent doing a lot of cool things, is – that man can take a bump. That man is not afraid to get launched halfway across the ring and then some by uh, bigger, stronger, more dangerous dudes. Um, and he's really good at that. So um, I, I definitely had uh, high hopes for this match coming into it. Uh, didn't quite get there, but really no fault of their own. They got uh, seemingly shorted on time a little bit. And had they not uh, had that happen to them, I think they could have put on a just a tremendous match. But uh, for what we got... Uh, both guys looked really good. This was a really fun match. Uh, Avalanche ends up picking up the victory in kind of a short order, um, launching him around with a uh, follow-away slam before hitting the Dreisker bomb for the victory. Yeah, yeah. So it turned out quite good, but yeah, definitely agree. Could have uh, easily had probably double the time and been uh, quite good. So, um, so yeah. Um, nice to see Darby Allen. We'd like to see him more in WXW, so bring him on over, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match was meant to be you versus uh, Lufisto. I don't know exactly what happened. Did they mention it? I... They did. They, okay. uh, on commentary, they said uh, Lufisto had actually driven to New York, but apparently had to go back to Canada on short notice due to some sort of uh, familial issue. Oh, they didn't quite uh, specify, but it was very uh, upsetting and unfortunate, especially considering uh, Lufisto is near retirement. This was going to be, I think, her last uh, match for WXW was supposed to be. So hopefully whatever issues were going on with Lufisto's family, um, praying and hoping that those things are 
are like everything is okay and everything is fine. Uh, you know, family is incredibly important and certainly more important than doing a, a couple of wrestling shows or two. So hopefully, best of luck to her, and hopefully we'll get to see her again in the ring sometime soon before she uh, ultimately retires. But that leaves you without a uh, an opponent, or rather a mystery opponent, for this match. And it turns out um, it is somebody who I would really like to see in a WXW ring uh, pretty much permanently, because her opponent in this match is none other than Jordan Grace. And yeah, what a on great... paper, that sounds <laughs> fucking incredible. Yep, what an awesome uh, mystery opponent. Really could hardly have done it better if I could have picked anybody out there. So bringing in Jordan Grace, and man, I th- this was very, very fun match. This is honestly probably one of my favorite ones on this card here. Um, just, just two awesome ladies just kind of beating the crap out of each other, doing this great, great match. I, I just had a very fun time with this. Mm-hmm. Very uh, physical in this match, throwing each other around. Jordan Grace looking great as usual. You looking great as usual, both uh, – Kind of more burly uh, women's wrestlers, very, uh, you know, shoulder tackles and clotheslines and slamming each other into the mat hard. Just a really good showing from both of these ladies. And I thought they put on definitely uh, one of the strongest matches on this card. Some incredible performances here from the two of them. In the end, Jordan Grace actually picks up the victory over you. And hopefully that means... uh, some uh, forward progress for her in a uh, WXW uh, environment. Maybe we get to see her more in Germany. Maybe she makes the tour over there at some point. Who knows? But I definitely am uh, excited about that possibility. And this was definitely a a great match. Not just a good match, but a great match. As you should definitely uh, go and check out. Jordan Grace versus you from America is Wunderbar. A rousing performance from both uh, participants. Definitely give it a look. Yeah, yeah. Great, great stuff here. Um, we, uh, we go right along. We have our next match on the card, which is Marius Alani taking on Emil Satoshi. Marius trying to get that shotgun championship back. Uh, I gotta say, this was another real highlight for me on the card. Uh, more than I even thought it would be, to be honest. Uh, I'm really digging Satoshi's character, the way he, uh, brings it out there. Marius Alani is just an absolute freak of an athlete, uh, and, uh, and has a good character to boot, which is, uh, kind of a key factor i think uh mm-hmm. when you are a great athlete to kind of get to that next level so this was super fun uh satoshi retaining that shotgun title um which I don't, I don't really have a problem with necessarily but i almost think i was thinking marius like he might get it back right here um so they they did a good job uh keeping me guessing about that mm-hmm. this was a, a very fun match uh two high caliber athletes uh taking on each other here um Mario Salani pretty much wows me every time he gets in the ring. In this match in particular, he gets like a uh, kip up into a Pele kick, which was uh, super cool. He like, pops back up and leaps backward to strike uh, Emil in the side of the head with a that sort of up kick Pele style. Uh, Inzaguri, Gamangiri, whatever you want to view it as. That that impressed the hell out of me. Both these guys really just, just worked an incredible match, I thought. Uh, Emil is great in his current character. Mario Salani has always been a guy I've, I've liked a whole lot. Um, really just putting on just some excellent performances here. In the end, Emil Satoshi does uh, pick up the victory and retain his championship. Um, but uh, uh, just another really good match. Give this one a look as well. Two uh, sort of back-to-back barn burners here on this show between uh, 
Jordan Grayson Yu and then Marius Alani versus Emil Satoji. Go go watch this one as well. Good stuff. Absolutely. Very, very good stuff. We move on to the match that uh, probably I was anticipating the most on this whole card is David Starr taking on Lucky Kid. And uh, it's it's quite an interesting match. Um, One interesting thing to me is the crowd is really all over uh, David Starr in this match, um, chanting, uh, he beat Walter uh, towards Lucky Kid to mess with David Starr, which throws David Starr off, and he almost gets pinned because he's, like, yelling at the crowd and explaining, like, his his theories about Walter, um, what he should be wrestling. Um, A lot of fun stuff in this, but I really got to say, there was one particular thing in this match that really, really brought it down for me, and I'm sure you know what it is because we talked about it before. Uh, Just in the middle of this match, having this great match, this awesome match, going to be the best match on the card, and then they just stand there, and they start smashing their skulls into each other. And I'm sorry, after Shibata, I cannot do that. I cannot deal with it. These two guys are way too good to be doing that kind of thing. Um, for God's sakes, please protect your brains. This was scary and not fun. So, yeah, that really kind of took me right out of it. Um, at least for me, the overall experience of this match was not brought down. But once again, we have said it if we've said it one time, we've said it a hundred times, we've said it a thousand times. Please, no more skull-on-skull headbutts. I don't know how many times we have to say it. I don't know how many times we have to plead for it. Um, this could have easily been like big boots, forearms, slaps to the face, and have been you know just as impressive, just as like engaging. Uh, I don't know if you gained a whole lot of anything from doing headbutts, because headbutts suck. Headbutts are dangerous. Um, they make me cringe as opposed to, uh, you know, celebrate or be engaged in the match. Just don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Please. We're begging you. I, I, I understand you want to have control over your body. You want to do what you want to do. That's fine. I get it. But just, just please just stop with the headbutts. Don't like them. Don't, don't enjoy them. They're dangerous. Once again, in a post, in a post Shibata world, we need to stop sort of focusing and doing those spots because we think they're cool. They're just not. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Otherwise, this match was, I thought, um, another very, very good match. Um, David Starr spiraling even further down, and the fans sort of cheering him on as he goes down, uh, doing things like singing um, the RingConf theme song at him, um, telling him uh, that Lucky beat Walter and he did not. David Starr really just, just losing it in this match further and further at one point um a great visual in this match was um lucky kids down on the mat uh david star is kind of like leaning against the rope almost sitting on the ropes and he just starts trash talking lucky kid like telling him that you know he should have won 16th carat that you know he he was destined for that he should have done it he was going to do it he beat walter um this results in lucky kid like with his arms out almost looking like he's trying to defend himself for he eventually uncurls his middle finger and just flips off David Starr, who kind of laughs about this before trying to go and uh, unleash some more pain on uh, Lucky Kid. Just a a great visual, a great dramatic match, a lot of good uh, character-driven stuff, a lot of good action as well. Genuinely, I think, the match of the night on this particular card, which was not really an easy thing to do, because they had at least two other matches, um, the ones that we just talked about, that were also exceptionally high-quality stuff, but... 
I think uh, just between the character work between these two dudes and what everything kind of represented in this match, um, definitely the match of the night for me. In the end, Lucky Kid picks up the victory utilizing the uh, Tilt-A-Whirl single-arm DDT into the uh, crossface, eventually forcing David Starr to tap out. And ooh, ooh, that's got a sting in particular. Not only was that the move um, Lucky Kid beat Walter with, uh, but once again, it forces David Starr to tap out. Tapped out to Walter. Uh, he's forced to tap out here as well. And that's just, that's eaten David Starr up inside. Overall, a tremendous, really good match. But once again, I'll say it just every time it happens until it stops happening. Please, God, stop with the headbutts. Please, please, please. Yes, that would be my ask as well. Uh, after the match, we get uh, one of the most interesting things on the show. Again, very weird to me that the crowd is like so all over David Starr in uh, this event because they're like mocking him and taunting him and all this stuff. But David Starr, being very upset, still in the ring, takes a microphone, calls out the fans basically for allowing WWE to monopolize independent wrestling, to monopolize uh, WrestleMania weekend and all the events that go uh, around their promotion, as well as the ones that come from the promotion itself. Uh, he ties it into Walter not being on this event and other people signed to WWE not allowed to be on this event. Uh, he talks about healthcare and uh, unionizing, and the crowd like starts to support him, and then David Starr is like, you're the same people who were just chanting NXT uh, like a few minutes ago. Um, and so with this, apparently, David Starr quits WXW, and I gotta say... I really hope that this isn't true, because I, I get what he's talking about, honestly, but, man, I don't know, just as a wrestling fan, if WXW is phasing out David Starr, uh, potentially Walter, potentially Ilya Dragunov, potentially Timothy Thatcher, all at once, that's really bad for WXW. Those are like four of the top people that I would want to watch this promotion for, so... Dang, you know, if David Starr felt strongly enough to quit, I won't penalize him for it. He's still a great performer, but man, that, that'd be real tough for the company if it was true. I want to believe it's some kind of work, but I, I really don't know. Yeah, um, at least from what I saw, from what I was aware, apparently after this, David Starr was still selling uh, merchandise at the WXW show and talking to fans. So I'm assuming <laughs> that it is a... Uh, Definitely a work, and I feel like well, it has okay. to be just because it. Let, uh, me, let me just say, I don't believe he actually just quit on the spot. Well, yes, and obviously, knew he was but um, do it. Um, obviously, but, but yeah, he may still leave the promotion even if he's still on good terms with them. So that's that's more my fear. I, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's just going to play into what I think has to be the logical conclusion of David Starr finally actually beats Walter in a WXW ring. I think maybe David Starr maybe takes some time off. Uh, maybe David Starr. Uh, has to kind of reconfigure himself after kind of going through what he's gone through the last few uh, months or so. Um, I don't – it definitely could be, but I, I, I'm currently not looking at it as uh, sort of the end of David Starr in WXW into an eventual uh, phasing out of him. I think this is just sort of another uh, facet of the angle that they're working between him and, uh, and Walter that uh, maybe things have kind of gotten a bit too much for him. Um, we will see where it goes. Hopefully, like you, this is not, uh, I hopefully believe this is not going to be the end of him in WXW, that they're not necessarily going to face him out. I do very much believe that this is just a sort of another step, another part of the process, but also just hoping that that doesn't 
that doesn't happen because David Starr has been a highlight of WXW ever since we've started watching it to lose him, especially if we're also losing a bunch of other guys as well at the same time. It's just, boy, that's going to suck. So uh, hoping this is just, uh, like I said, just another part of the process, another step uh, down the line here for David Starr and this uh, whole angle. I certainly hope so. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see and find out. Should be very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. After this, one of my favorite things on the whole show happens. We're seeing a little Schadenfreude promo up on the big screen. It's in black and white. And then who should appear but Absolute Andy, who makes them turn the color back on. And that, that <laughs> Absolute Andy is just a hero to me, honestly, just for that. The true greatest man who ever lived, who is so fed up with Schadenfreude that he said, no, 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 we're not doing this monochrome thing. Turn the Technicolor back on. <laughs> he's so he's so good. He then proceeded to yell at Schadenfreude, told him not to touch his glasses, which Kyle Fletcher just absolutely had to do. Absolutely, he just was not, not enjoying himself here. He was not happy with anything that was going on, doesn't like the black and white, doesn't like Kyle Fletcher being weird. Just didn't like any of it and was going to kick uh, Chris Brooks' ass. So, yeah. You want to make a schadenfreude promo better? Just insert Absolute Andy to know something it, basically. Great stuff. Yes, the promo was wonderful, at least for Andy's part. Um, the match, Absolute Andy versus Chris Brooks, was fine. It was a solid match, I thought. Um, I didn't really get that invested in it, honestly, and I'm just... It's just because I'm not done in the Chris Brooks, and if you are awesome um he's not bad by any means just doesn't do a lot for me um so yeah they had a, a fine match that i don't really have a whole lot more to say about uh, i i definitely enjoyed this match i had a fun time with it but um this match would have been significantly better and i like chris brooks i'm a chris brooks fan but this match would have been significantly better with a lot more absolute andy just kind of murdering chris brooks um <laughs> sorry I'm a big absolute andy fan dude's one of the best in the world um Ends up taking a roll-up loss here. Chris Brooks getting the sneaky victory. Um, I thought this was an overall a good match, solid match. I thought both guys looked good. But once again, if you have the opportunity for Absolute Andy to beat up on somebody, especially considering I'm way more into Rise than Schadenfreude, and this you know presented an opportunity for Schadenfreude to, to get taken down a notch, fortunately it doesn't happen. Um, still, I enjoyed this match. This was a fun time as well. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was fine. Um, Chris Brooks gets the win. Uh, Absolute Andy apparently on a losing streak, so uh, hopefully can find a way to turn that around because I love Absolute Andy and I want good things for him. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, we continue the Schadenfreude uh, theme with Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Aussie Open coming out next to their match with the Work Horsemen for the WXW Tag Team Championships. Um I'll just say again, I find Kyle Fletcher too obnoxious to even watch. I don't enjoy seeing him. Um, He just doesn't do anything for me. But I will say I actually did like this match a lot. Uh, It was one of the better ones on the card, I thought. And part of that is the workhorsemen, who I had never seen before this match, are tremendously impressive. And just as in the promo, it's really J.D. Drake who just impresses the heck out of me. He and Mark Davis going back and forth was a real, true pleasure in this match. Uh, I thought it was great stuff. I actually had a problem with this match, and that problem being is that I felt they took way too long to get to 
what was very clearly the meat and potatoes of this match in Mark Davis versus J.D. Drake. <laughs> well, they were building uh, up for it. So and they, they did definitely build up to it, but man, they had they had a slugfest for the ages, I thought. Just chop at each other, uh, look at super good. I had never seen the word horseman before, uh, never seen a match from but I had heard of the name, heard of both guys, but um, didn't know who was who until this match happened. And uh, J.D. Drake is a... Uh, that... That's not only a big boy, that is a uh, pretty talented boy as well. Because oh, yes. he was uh, in this match, he was the. For a guy who was like dressed in regular black tights, kind of a pudgy dude, like, he's charismatic in the ring. Like, he was just kind of magnetic. He was doing big things, throwing big chops. At one point, I think he did like a moonsault off the top rope, which looked picture perfect. Um, he was great. I really enjoyed. This was a very uh, nice, uh, fine, and surprise for me. It was uh, J.D. Drake just being an absolute uh, tremendous talent in the ring. Enjoyed seeing him and uh, Mark Davis, definitely the guy I like more of in Aussie Open. The two of them going back and forth with one another was an absolute joy. Um, now the other two dudes existed. I did uh, think uh, Anthony Henry, especially as the uh, match continued on, uh, definitely looked pretty impressive doing some fun stuff as well, but... Um, Kyle Fletcher, just unpleasant to look at, uh, <laughs> unpleasant to watch wrestle, um, an wow. unpleasant heavyweight. They were still doing that thing. Like, there was, like, some heavyweight chance for Kyle Fletcher, and I just I hate that. I really hate that. I don't know why. I just do. It's upsetting. Don't do that. Um, he was here. Um, he, he existed. Um, and eventually... The, uh, as kind of expected, Aussie Open slash Schadenfreude end up defending their title successfully, picking up the victory after the fidget spinner um, leads them to the W. So a, a really good match here, but definitely the highlight was any time uh, J.D. Drake uh, was on offense, and especially when uh, J.D. Drake and uh, Mark Davis were squaring off in the ring. So good stuff. I definitely think it picked up um, as the match went on, but J.D. Drake uh, definitely the highlight and the uh, star of this match. Yeah, I would have to agree. Very impressive talent. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for him and for the workhorsemen in the future. Uh, we move on to our main event, which is for the fourth, fifth time, something, I don't know, in the last few months. Bobby Guns taking on Shigehiro Irie. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll just say again, these are two really talented guys that I like who just have no chemistry, in my opinion. Uh, you know, some people are into these matches. Clearly, WXW management is very into these matches. The more power to them, to me, they just don't come off that well. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, really, towards the end of this match, you know, Bobby Guns, who's in there, and just like they're just looking at each other, and he's giving the finger to Shigeru Irie. And okay, that's kind of something that Bobby Guns would do. Then Shigeru Irie, oh, he's giving the finger back. And I'm like, okay, sure, let's just stand around and flip each other off. And then Bobby Guns grabs Shigeru Irie and hits him with, like, an exploder suplex. And Irie just stands up, and it, it meant nothing. And kind of none of it meant nothing. I don't believe that you're really, like, flicking each other off. I don't believe that these moves, like, have any meaning. I don't know. Like, they're too good for the match to be bad. It's not a bad match by any means. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't into this that much. I thought it was their weakest match together, and I, I definitely would have booked something different for the uh, the main event of their uh, first ever American show. Yeah, I, I definitely had mixed feelings on this match. I don't think it was necessarily the their weakest performance together, but it was definitely not. Um, 
they just they don't they don't go together. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but they just they're not super compatible with one another in the ring. They're two uh, fairly uh, impressive dudes, I think, especially Bobby Guns, but they just don't they don't it doesn't work together sometimes. It's they're not bad. They're too. As, as you said, they're too good to put on bad matches. So every time they get in the ring, it's at least a, a solid match. But it's never really more than that. They can never really kick it into the next gear, no matter what kind of time they have, no matter if there's titles on the line or whatnot. It just it doesn't ever quite get to that next level, especially when you think it should, and it just doesn't. So hopefully this kind of means the end of the two of them going out one-on-one with one another. I definitely don't need to see a fifth uh, Shigehiro Irie uh, Bobby Guns match. Um, Bobby Guns picks up the victory here, retains his championship, and um, yeah, that that that's good, um, especially for what ends up happening after the match, um, which uh, really does have me excited for uh, what WXW is going to be doing in the future. Yeah, it does. It does. Joey Janela coming out to confirm Bobby Guns. Um, and a, a bit of a, a Twitter interaction, I guess, um, at some point. But yeah, basically, Janela coming in to, to have this issue with guns. I'm, I'm down with that. You know, I, I can absolutely get behind them having a bit of a match, a bit of a feud. Uh, I like Joey Janela's energy. I like kind of his creativity. I think he uh, could do some fun stuff working with WXW for sure. Mm-hmm. He will be showing up at a... He's already booked for the Superstars of Wrestling Tour is Joey Janela. I think I saw some... At least one or two other names as well. I do not remember. I think this is also the tour where uh, Ken Shamrock is showing up to for uh, WXW, if I recall. Shamrock! I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of that in the uh, coming days, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, should be good, but I really like the potential uh, Joey Janela uh, Bobby Guns match. That sounds like that could be a pretty fun time. And yeah, that was uh, America ist Wunderbar, at least. Three, uh, four solid, really good matches on this card. Uh, WXW definitely showing up here. Wish they had gone with maybe a stronger uh, main event, but uh, everything I thought was really solid, really fun, uh, very much uh, in the vein of an enjoyable, fun time WXW show. A lot of uh, local, uh, or a lot of WXW-based talent really getting a chance to show off and do their thing. Uh, overall, really, really solid. Definitely give this a recommended uh, recommendation to check out from all the... Uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. Go give it a watch. Uh, yeah, very, very fun show. I do recommend that you check it out. Check out all of WXW, honestly. It's such a great promotion. Mm-hmm. We really we love it. It's not perfect. No promotion is, but it's got a tremendous amount of good stuff on it. Great characters, great stories, great matches, everything you could want. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is pretty much everything we're going to cover on this show. Anything else you want to go over before we uh, call it a day here? Uh, not particularly, just once again, there was a whole bunch of stuff, uh, this past, uh, WrestleMania weekend, um, serious stuff, uh, more rest, more fighting based stuff, some sillier stuff, some more ridiculous stuff, um, really just, if there's any type of professional wrestling you like, I'm sure it happened this past weekend in one way or another, so, if you're a big wrestling fan, maybe you want to bridge out a little bit, maybe check out uh, some new and different things. I definitely recommend just kind of taking a look at uh, almost all the shows that happened uh, this past weekend and seeing what maybe uh, piques your fancy, piques your interest, and check it out. I, I promise you, you will find something that you don't just enjoy, but maybe even love and just 
my my um as as two dudes who are trying to you know bring to you the stuff that might be falling under your radar and then you know open up some minds about the other things going on in the wrestling world um yeah that that's kind of what uh wrestlemania weekend especially for the independent promotions it's really what they do so definitely uh if you're in that mind if you want to check out some new and different things i highly recommend just kind of uh, dipping your toes into any one of these promotions or shows and seeing what they brought to the table because I assure you, you're going to find something that you like or love from this past weekend. Uh, yeah, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, so, yeah, that is really everything. If you uh, want to give us a shout-out, we're on uh, Twitter. I'm at SpectralGent. He is at BigDefEnergy, B-I-G-D-E-F Energy. Hope you'll uh, give us a shout, give us a follow. Uh, hope you also check out the great programs on LOP Radio. Uh, I don't even uh, know all of them anymore. We've got a lot of great ones out there, though. I hope that you will be checking them all out. Also, lordsofpain.net and lopforums.com for a lot of great written material. Um, please come join that conversation. It's a really great experience. So that is everything. That is it for us. Thank you for listening. Until next week, we have been the global revolution. See ya.